0: Agenda: A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello everybody, I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to KVXL 11.1 FM Experience Lurie Radio from Liberty Baptist Church. This is your weekly dose of The Frittle Show. I honestly almost did not do a podcast this week for two reasons. One, I have like the world's worst allergies or something going on. My nose is running so fast I can barely keep up with it. And then two, I just, to be quite honest with you, I don't have a topic. I don't have any idea what we're going to talk about. My brother and I went for a walk last night, and I was like, John, I don't know what I'm going to talk about podcast this week. I don't know. I don't have a topic. I don't have something that I'm passionate about this week that I need to vent about. I don't even know where to begin. And he just got this evil little grin on his face and said, well, you could talk about the coronavirus. And I was like, I'm so sick of the coronavirus. Pun not intended, but I'll take it. Uh, it was just I'm, I'm sick of the coronavirus. I'm sick of talking about the coronavirus. I'm sick of conspiracy theories about the coronavirus. Somebody asked me today what I believed was the accurate conspiracy theory on the coronavirus. Well, first of all, there's a reason why they're called conspiracy theories, not to say that all would be incorrect, but also, <coughs> um, I, I firmly believe that we as Americans are not used to any sort of inconvenience. And that isn't to say that we shouldn't be defending our liberties. I I believe we should be defending our liberties. And I had a a comment from a good friend of mine, if you're listening, uh, you know who you are, commented on my podcast from last week and basically said, you know, well... Because I I talked about persecution and uh, and suffering and how what we're going through as Americans right now is really not comparable to the persecution and suffering that has happened uh, to Christians and individuals throughout history. It's just it's not there. Um, but I was and this person pointed out and and I, I very much agree that there is there is a difference between. Uh, persecution and suffering when it comes uh, to to just plain old suffering and persecution for Jesus versus uh, suffering because your government is failing to operate in a way that it should or suffering because freedoms are being taken away from you and that you should stand up for those freedoms and I I wholeheartedly agree with that I agree a hundred percent my I was I was more specifically referencing uh, Christians that I have seen going off about being persecuted right now and uh, and individuals talking about how terrible life is right now. And just trying to point out that life is not all that terrible. Now, could life become terrible like it once was if we allow our freedoms to continue to be eroded? Yes, it could. And so we need to be involved. Mainly, this is this is how you do it, guys. Main involvement right now that you can be is in your electoral process. All right, your primary is coming up if it hasn't already. If you're here in Las Vegas, you have a few more days to get in your uh, to mail in your ballot Actually you have a couple weeks I think But get it done If you don't know who to vote for I put up a, a, a bunch of links on my Facebook page And I gotta tell you If you are in Las Vegas You need to start You need to open that ballot You need to do some research Because there are over 100 people Running for various offices Solely related to uh, judiciary things So uh, whether that be family courts state, uh, The state supreme court has a couple of races um, local, there, there's just, there's so many people running for judge and justice, uh, in this state. You need to start early. And what I what I can't stand about the non-partisan elections. I know they're supposed to be non-partisan, but I've never met a judge that isn't actually uh, partisan. That's why people freak out over who the president is that's appointing the judge. If judges were truly non-partisan, no one would care who the president was when they were appointed. You guys get that, right? Okay, good. Now, uh, if you are—this won't help you if you're, if you're a Democrat, but if you are a Republican, and anybody else that doesn't fall under those, I'm sorry, but you, you have to be affiliated with a party to vote in a party primary, so— Sorry. Uh, The Nevada GOP has a list of the GOP candidates. So while judicial races are, yes, nonpartisan, the individuals themselves are still party affiliated. So you can go and you can check uh, the Nevada GOP has a list of the Nevada uh, primary Republican candidates. I'm sure the Democrats probably have one as well. If you're a Democrat looking for that. Um, And then there is a a more narrowed down, for those of us who live in Las Vegas, also on NevadaGOP.org, there's a list of the Clark County Republican primary candidates. So that would be more your your family courts and different things uh, like that. Then, of course, in these sort of races... And or when you live in a city like we live in, not every district will even have a Republican running in it because it is simply literally impossible for a Republican to win that seat. But someone on your ballot is going to win that seat. So if there's no Republican running in that or no Democrat running, if if that's your bend, then what you want to do, because somebody that is listed is going to win. Now, it might not be possible for you to vote for any of them. Maybe you cannot in good conscience vote for any of them, but odds are one of them is a lesser evil vote if that is the way that you vote and a good way to determine that you can go there's a couple of different Organizations here in Nevada that have endorsed people even if they are not necessarily in line with their political uh, party simply because we know that someone is going to win those elections. So, for example, the Citizens for Responsible Government here in Nevada has endorsed uh, candidates for each race, including races where there is no GOP candidate running, as well as the Nevada Republican Club has endorsed in different races, including in races where there is no uh, Republican running. And kudos to them uh, for doing that. That's the first time I've ever seen a a party affiliated organization endorse individuals that were not affiliated with their party simply because there was no one there, but one was definitely better uh, than the other. Also, this is this is so so huge. The Nevada Republican Club. You go to NevadaRepublicanClub.com. They have contact information. If if it is possible to contact a candidate that is on your primary ballot, they have that contact information. You can email them, you can call them, and I would encourage you to do that and you need to start now. If you are here in Nevada, you only have a couple weeks left before the primary, so start contacting people. We have to be, you know, people talk about fighting for our freedoms and or they, they gripe about the government, but if we aren't involved in the most fundamental aspect of our republic, which is choosing who represents us, then we really have no right uh, to complain about anything or make conspiracies about anything because these are people that we the people are choosing to be in office and you could say well but we're not actually choosing because absentee ballots are the worst well absentee ballots are not actually the worst I have used them to vote for many times can it increase fraud it can great news for you if you're here in Nevada we have an incredible secretary of state named Barbara Sagasky who does a phenomenal job of working through uh, voter fraud issues in our state. So, uh, it, but the, the problem is if you're so concerned about voter fraud that you don't vote at all, that really is not helpful either. So get out your ballot, fill it out, do some research and be involved in this process because I, I agree, like I said uh, earlier, um, with my friend who had contacted me it is crucial that we stand up for our liberties and that we don't just roll over and play dead and act like it's no big deal we need to take a stand my podcast last week was specifically referencing people that think that life has never been worse off in general and or that we are suffering some form of persecution it's very difficult to make an argument that the Christian church is suffering uh, persecution when they are not being specifically targeted and in fact they are being asked to abide by the same rules the government is asking of everyone But that's another topic for another time. So anyway, my brother was like, you can just talk the coronavirus. And I was like, I don't want to talk about the coronavirus. I have had it with the coronavirus. Ah! So instead, we'll talk about something sort of related to the coronavirus because the the news is like so much coronavirus. There's Coronavirus Stimulus Bill Part 2, by the way, a $3 trillion bill uh, that's set to be voted on I think here today still 3 trillion dollar bill several democrats opting out of voting in favor <coughs> excuse me of this bill because they say it's just full of pork and that it is a massive measure, partisan bill, that is not going to make it through the Senate, so it's not worth voting for. Then, of course, there are others on the left side of the aisle that say that the $3 trillion measure is not big enough. There are those that are arguing for Americans to receive a $2,000 check every month for the foreseeable future, which, again, who's paying for this? You are. If you're not making money, how are you paying for the check? You can't. So if you're not making money to pay for the check, and taxpayer money is where the government gets the money that it gives out to other people, and that talk about a supply chain being broken, if that supply chain is broken, we are just compounding our debt and our deficit to unsustainable levels. They, they were already at unsustainable levels before this ever began. Now it is like the house of cards is about to crumble so it has to stop. Uh, I very much appreciate those on the GOP side that are standing up and saying, hey look, we know times are tough but we cannot just keep handing out money like it is, you know, lollipops. It just doesn't work. Uh, but everybody's been talking you know, lately about the supply chain being broken, uh, the toilet paper's gone, now the meat prices are going up and and meat doesn't exist and we can't. i mean you can buy meat you can buy meat you can buy toilet paper there are ways to do this and also you can eat something besides meat until until the the, the meat supply chain is is uh, is been repaired but the thing is if you don't want to eat something besides meat you can still get meat in fact foxnews.com has an incredible article up it's titled "Farmers Dubbed the Carbon Cowboys" say business is booming during the coronavirus. They're part of a ten-part documentary series. You can learn more about it at carboncowboys.org. And if you have concerns about the supply chain, very much encourage you to watch this documentary. You will be encouraged. Carboncowboys.org. Uh, they are utilizing a technique which isn't new, but which has been uh, is just gaining uh, traction, gaining popularity based on their documentary. But their farming technique is called regenerative grazing. So what they do is they rotate cattle in and out, kind of like cowboys in the Old West. They rotate cattle in and out before they have a chance uh. <laughs> excuse me, to really do much damage to the fields. And this allows for great fertilization as well. And then, rather than shipping their meat 1,500 plus miles through various processing plants uh, to get to restaurants or or grocery stores they are selling their meat direct to consumer and they are proposing that what we need is smaller packing plates at least uh, packing um, packing processing plants in each state so that each state has at least one medium level uh, processing plant and they're saying if we had that then all across our country we could eliminate this need to ship meat Literally over a thousand miles to consumer and instead have meat that travels only 100 to 200 miles to the consumer and uh, One of these farmers said with more processors more farms can transform and thus grow small businesses and the rural economy These communities that are dead and boarded up will come to life and rural economies will surge the country's uh, the country's economy surges when small businesses and communities thrive And if there's one thing that we have seen and should be learning from this uh, pandemic, it's that small-town America is the crux of our society and that states are different. People that have been lobbying for a nationalized approach to this thing are failing to recognize that the conditions in New York City and the lifestyle are completely different than the conditions and the lifestyle in small-town Idaho. Right? There's not a one-size-fits-all to this pandemic, and there's not a one-size-fits-all approach, there shouldn't be at least, to our meat getting and meat processing. Of course, if you can, if you live in a place where you can hunt your own food, I suggest that that would be your best way to go overall. But again, another topic for another time because I'm just trying to fit in some good news here today uh, while while we can. So supply chain not broken. Check out Cowboy Car or CarbonCowboys.org. Yes, there are some plants that have closed down, but there is other ways to get meat and there is plenty of meat still available for you and your family and there will continue to be, You just might have to get creative and do your shopping a little bit differently in New York, New Jersey and Connecticut Beaches will be opening for Memorial Day weekend now many of these uh, Beaches will still be keeping their social distancing measures in place. No group activities will be permitted But the beaches will be open. I would be shocked if we do not see people uh, Going against these measures and still uh, and still meeting in groups and different things <coughs> uh, but Um, but I think it is good news. I think it is good progress to see that beaches will be being opened. Um, let's see. Uh, I thought there was one more corona story I was going to hit on, and then... Oh, yeah, okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about just what's happening here in uh, in Nevada and our surrounding states where we are at. So we are waiting. Uh, this is recording um, the afternoon of Friday the 15th. We are waiting. Our governor, Steve Sisolak, is set to make some announcements this evening, which should give us... Uh, should give us a better understanding of where we are headed. He did uh, move up his announcement. That uh, his original announcement for today, he moved up to the ninth and said that we had met several of the benchmarks, um, or all of our gateway benchmarks, for reopening. And on March 9th, restaurants were allowed to open for dine-in service as long as they observed social distancing. Uh, Customers waiting for a table have to stay outside. Um, Hair salons by reservation only. Resale establishments at 50% capacity. Casinos staying closed for now until the Gaming Control Board determines they can safely reopen. And I'm sure you have seen the images floating all around the internet of what gaming will look like once it reopens here in nevada uh, bowling alleys movie theaters and so on have to remain uh, closed at this point so if you want to go to a place of freedom uh, utah governor gary herbert issued an executive order that has moved utah to the moderate risk uh, protocols which are in effect until may 16th utah does not have a stay-at-home mandate He said they're not returning to normal, but restaurants are allowed to be open uh, and uh, gyms are allowed to be open, although the state is recommending they stay closed, but they're allowed to open. Hair salons can open. Utah is very much open for business uh, right now. Our friends in Arizona have been allowed to go back to in-person business as of May 8th. They have to observe uh, social distancing. That includes barbershops and salons. Uh, restaurants are able to offer dining, dine-in services again. And uh, elective surgeries have begun. The Navajo Nation, however, has extended the closure of its government until the 17th. And then there's our friends in California. California. Californians are currently living under a stay-at-home order that has no set end date, and some counties saying that they will not open until August. But the state has begun allowing scheduled surgeries, uh, but not elective procedures such as cosmetic uh, surgery. But protests are no longer required to have a permit, and... The governor did say that he's days, not weeks, from lifting some restrictions. But um, that doesn't seem to be coming to pass, because he said that on the first of the month. Uh, On May 4th, some retailers, including uh, clothing stores, florists, and bookshops, were allowed to reopen with curbside pickup and physical distancing. And uh, Los Angeles is saying that its beaches may be open or may not. And in some places where beaches are open, this is my favorite thing, I've seen signs where, where beaches are open, but they have a sign that says uh, open for physical activity only, right? And it lists the physical activities like jogging and, uh, and one of the things that lists is surfing. And then on the things that are not included as physical activities are sunbathing, sitting in chairs, and swimming. I fail to see how surfing and jogging are physical activity, but swimming is not a physical activity. It's just, it's just bizarro. You know what else is bizarro? The fact that we had a 6.5 magnitude earthquake near Area 51 that was felt all the way from Utah to California. Early this morning, I did not, uh, I did not feel it. Some people asked me if I felt it. I was actually awake, but I, I did not feel it at all. The initial quake struck at about 4.7 miles deep, according to the U.S. Geological Service, and at least six sizable aftershocks were recorded shortly thereafter, including two with estimated magnitudes of 5.4. The, the Geological Service has said that we'll experience more earthquakes than usual as aftershocks continue throughout the day today. Again, I have not felt a single one of these. And... Uh I just, I, I have no luck with the earthquakes in Las Vegas. I was in, uh, I was out of the country last year when we had the earthquakes, and this time I apparently just slept through them. So, there you have it. S- perhaps an unforeseen, although I don't know how you would not have foreseen it, but an unforeseen consequence, <coughs> excuse me, of, of demanding that citizens wear face masks. And Santa Ana, the police department, is saying that robberies have increased by 50% as suspects are using the face-covering orders of COVID-19 to their advantage, according to the Las Vegas uh, local CBS station. Uh... Pointing a gun right at a gas station clerk, a man in a traffic vest and a baseball cap demanded money as his accomplice wearing a mask grabbed the cash. We're sitting here not knowing who's going to walk through that door, said Elias Kwan, the owner. The thieves who did not initially raise the clerk's suspicion due to local orders for face coverings in light of the coronavirus pandemic took off in and then talks about their vehicle. The owner said he's never seen anything like this in the 17 years he's run his Santa Ana gas station and convenience store. He said local f- local face covering requirements put his staff in danger. He said, it's horrible. I know we have to take certain measures because of what's happening with COVID-19, but it's the perfect script or manual for a robber, the mask, the sunshade, and a hoodie. You don't know who's coming. You don't know who's walking in. I said that to a, a lady a couple of weeks ago when we were at the grocery store i was shopping in a place where it was uh, strongly encouraged to wear a face covering and though i don't believe that face coverings are are helpful or even good in this situation i try to you know uh, um uh not make waves where waves don't need to be made let's we'll put it that way and i was wearing a ball cap so i'm wearing a ball cap <coughs> and and a. <laughs> And a bandana like a cowboy, because that's the only kind of face covering I recommend wearing, because you can actually breathe out of it. So I got this bandana on like a cowboy, like an old-style bank robber. That's what I told lady, I was like, I've never felt more like a criminal in my life than when I go shopping right now to be in compliance with stores that are asking for faces to be covered. It's just, it's the perfect scenario. As this man said, he said, I have two employees who said we don't want to work at night time. And Santa Ana police confirmed that robberies in the city have increased by 50% since the lockdown. In an April robbery, a thief hid his face with a bandana at a donut shop in Bristol. The cashier was caught off guard when the, police, when the thief pulled out a gun and placed it on the counter. The thief then emptied both registers before getting away. It's the norm, said uh, Captain Anthony Bergana with the Santa Ana PD. We're seeing more and more suspects wearing the mask and using that to their benefit. Police also said they're not exactly sure why there has been such an increase in robberies, but it could be related, they said, to the number of inmates released from area prisons due to the pandemic. <coughs> it's just such... Oh, you couldn't make this up if you if you wanted to. Why do we have an increase in robberies? Oh, let's see. We've released a bunch of people from jail, and we're telling everyone to wear face masks. Mm Mm-hmm. Perhaps a little bit of simple logic could help us figure that out. All right, and last but not least, one of my favorite untold stories of history. It's actually not an untold story. It's just not a story that most of us are familiar with. But on May 15th, on this day in the year eighteen hundred. President John Adams ordered the federal government to leave Philadelphia and move to the new nation's capital in Washington, D.C. After Congress adjured, according to History.com, its last meeting in Philadelphia on May 15th, Adams told his cabinet to make sure Congress and all federal offices were up and running smoothly in their new headquarters by June 15th, 1800. Imagine that happening today telling any government office that they need to be up and operating and doing just fine within one month's time. At that time, there were only about 125 federal employees total. Official documents and archives were transferred from Philadelphia to the new capital by ship over inland waterways. President and Mrs. Adams did not move into the unfinished President's Mansion until November of that year. Settling into the White House was a challenge for the new First Lady, and in December, Abigail Adams wrote to a friend later that she had to line dry their clothes in what would eventually become the East Room. Now, <coughs> do you know why the Capitol was moved from Philadelphia to Washington, D.C.? Why is it that we have Independence Hall is in Philadelphia, but the seat of our government is in Washington, D.C.? Why isn't Washington, D.C.? A state. All of these questions are answered together. Okay? Philadelphia was the seat of the meetings held by the Continental Congress in Independence Hall. And uh, and, and, and you, you can go... If you've never been to Philadelphia, the history of Philadelphia is incredible. You need to go watch... Or, or not go watch. You need to go visit Philadelphia if you ever have the chance to do so. Incredible. Right? Christchurch. Go see it all. Well, that was not Massachusetts. But anyway. Um, you need to go visit... Philadelphia. That is what I'm trying to get. You can see Independence Hall. You can see the Liberty Bell. You can see uh, the Benjamin Franklin Museum and Franklin Court. Uh, it's incredible. The second bank <coughs> of the United States. Carpenters Hall, if you don't know what that is, well, another reason why you need to go uh, to Philadelphia. You've got uh, Christchurch uh, <coughs> and the Christchurch Burial Ground. Absolutely uh, incredible. This is the church where George Washington, Betsy Ross, Ben Franklin, John Adams, all... Uh, Worshipped here, you can still see uh, Benjamin Franklin's grave there. You can visit Betsy Ross's house. You can go to the Constitution Center, Franklin Square. You can play putt putt golf in Franklin Square. Um, I'm pretty good at it, and it's all like little miniature uh, miniature uh, symbols from Philadelphia. So like you've got the Liberty Bell, Independence Hall. Everything is orchestrated into the mini golf course. There's the Graf House. You know what that is? That's where Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence and you can go and you can visit it. And you'll be amazed at uh, at this architecture and just the history of this uh, (coughs) of this city. So if you've never been to Philly go to Philly. So why when you have the history there why when everybody is used to going there why all of a sudden in 1800 do they decide to move the capital from Philadelphia to Washington D.C.? It's a very simple answer, because Philadelphia is located in the state of Pennsylvania. And so the other, uh, the, other <coughs> excuse me. the other, delegates uh, said, you know, this is not fair. The seat of power cannot be given to any one state. We do not want the state of Pennsylvania to think that they somehow have more power than the rest of us, simply because the state of government is or the, the house of government, is located within their state. And so uh, our, our founders sought out a place that was not claimed by any state. And so Washington, D.C., as we know it today, was very literally a swamp. It was a swamp between the, the states of Virginia and Maryland, and no one wanted it. It was just a nasty place. Nobody wanted to settle there. Nobody wanted to live there. No state wanted to claim this parcel of ground. And so, the federal government quite literally packed up from Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, an absolutely beautiful place, and moved to the big swamp. Named it Washington, the District of Columbia, it has remained a district and not a state, For the exact reason of why it moved there in the first place. If Washington, D.C. was going to be a state, then 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 the capital of our country could have simply remained in Philadelphia. Our founding fathers did not want the seat of our government to be held by any state, hence why they moved it to the swamp. So drain the swamp is more than just a cute little saying. It is, in fact, quite literal. The swamp had to be drained so that Washington, D.C. could be built there in that place. And that is why, on this day, President John Adams orchestrated the moving of our federal government from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to Washington, in the District of Columbia. Not a state, and never should be. So now you know the rest of the story. And I am just about out of time totally out of things to say. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. (coughs) And my allergies are starting to act up terribly. I need to get some water. So we're going to go. Hope you'll join us on Sunday for our drive-in service here at Liberty Baptist Church, 6501 West Lakeview Boulevard. Starts at 830. Be sure to get here early, because if you don't, you're going to be in the back, and uh, that's if you can get in at all. So... 8.30 8.30 to 9.30 is our drive-in service on Sunday. 6501 West Lakeview Boulevard is our address. Make sure you reserve your spot by visiting our website at experience30.com. And we look forward to seeing you and your family then. Have a great weekend, everyone.